Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope that you guys got to hear Amy Purdy's episode from Monday. If you didn't get to hear it, do yourself a favor and listen to it. She uh, has an immense amount to share right in this moment, especially about how to deal with things that are so hard. She uh, lost her legs when she was 19 and went on to win three medals for snowboarding. And if anyone can tell us about resilience, it's her. So check that out. If you did hear it, I'm sure you agree that she's something else. Today, we have a totally different type of episode, and I think it's also going to really inspire you. We're going to be hearing from one of our listeners who was able to go ahead and build her business. And it's amazing how she was able to make a six-figure living and leave her job. And I think this is really important for you to hear. And before we dive in, what I want you to know is that there are people buying things right now. There are definitely people buying things. In fact, I read a CNBC article that was saying that Hasbro is seeing one of the biggest spikes they've ever seen because people are buying Monopoly, jigsaw puzzles, things like that, as well as crafting stores. People are taking on learning to knit and learning how to do all kinds of other crafting things, as well as all kinds of ways to connect with one another. People are finding their way to online courses. They're becoming more productive. They're taking yoga over the internet. Remember that while it's very, very true that it's so scary and certain people are losing their job without a doubt, It's also true that there's a big chunk of the world who was normally at this time spending money on travel, spending money on going away for spring break. They're going to be spending money going out to fancy dinners, and they're now going to be looking to spend that money elsewhere. And the economy is our job, right? It's all of our jobs to say, how am I going to show up right now and and find a way to serve? It's either we have the courage to sell what we have to sell, or we wind up working for someone else who has the courage to sell their thing. And there's really no way around it. And so we want to be thinking about what's possible. And I think what Amy explained to us last week is when there's 99 reasons that people tell you why something won't work, you can find the one reason why it will. And absolutely right now, my entire business, my entire seven-figure business is born and bred through online systems. It's podcasting, it's courses, it's programs, it's Facebook, it's Instagram. It is all the ways that I use Zoom and Skype to connect with people. And I'm wondering if you can be thinking about how you can also show up right now. I will be, speaking of Instagram and Facebook and all that, I will be doing uh, for the next four weeks, I'll be continuing this book club I'm doing. It's free. If you go to kathyheller.com slash book club, you can find me every Monday and Wednesday at five o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And I'll be reading from some chapters and doing some Q and A's. They've been really fun and super helpful. I've been enjoying them a lot. So if you want Go ahead, sign up for that, kathyheller.com slash book club. It's free and we will send you replays as well as some homework. We'll be doing some giveaways as well. All right, now let's talk specifically about what's, what's going on today a little bit more in detail. So we have the pleasure of having Kristen Miller here. She's a photographer, a mentor, a coach, and a podcaster. And she's actually one of our listeners, like I said. It's seriously, it's the most exciting thing in the world to me to have these conversations with you. And, and to see the evidence that you guys, you're listening, you're using the tools, you're taking wisdom from the podcast and actually implementing it and putting it into action and creating a beautiful life of service. So at the end of 2018, Kristen ended her 13 year career in sort of like her day job. And she launched a full time business of her own at the beginning of 2019. And would you believe that by the end of 2019, she had a six figure year? 
How awesome is that? And this is because Kristen is resourceful and she, she built a couple of different income streams. She has her photography business, but she also has an online mentorship program, which involves photography and helps small businesses. You're going to hear all about it. It's amazing. And she doesn't have tens of thousands of followers. Instead, she's really focused and intentional on serving her corner of the world. And that is absolutely enough. If it wasn't, super cool to already be a photographer to coach. Kristen is the co-host of a podcast through the lens of motherhood, where she and her friend, Laura Barr, talk to women about juggling life as moms, photographers, and artists. Definitely go take a listen after this episode. You're going to love her story and it's going to bring more possibility into your life. If you do like it, I invite you to post about the episode, take a screenshot of your listing, put it in your Instagram, tag me, tag Kristen, and we will go ahead and I will reshare it for sure. Without further ado, please welcome the awesome Kristen Miller. Kristen, I'm so happy to meet you. It is such a joy to get to connect with people who have been listening to the show and then metabolizing it and then literally like going out and creating ripple effects. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. Oh my gosh. Such a privilege to like chat with you too, after having listened to your show and having been like beyond inspired by you for such a long time. So let's go back. Tell us the whole story. Oh my gosh. Well, so I started my like post-college work life in a big corporate communications gig and kind of learned the connection between my own sense of worthiness and my own sense of value and my ability to work harder than everyone else. And those two things went hand in hand for pretty much my whole career. I worked in the city for a long time, the city being New York City. There's lots of great cities, but that was my city. And did the 100-hour week thing for a long time. Learned some really great stuff working at some really big firms. Um, And then ended up at a smaller firm as a brand strategist, as a business operations lead, a new business pitch lead. I did did all the things with a really, really great team. I was the go-to. And I was exhausted. I loved my work, but like at some point it was supposed to get easier, right? Like at some point it was supposed to be like, oh, I've (laughs) arrived. Isn't this amazing? Except that I like never really arrived. I was just exhausted. And a couple of things happened in my personal life kind of in parallel. I had a, a son, which was such a blessing. And when he was 10 weeks old, he was hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a real extreme case of RSV that turns kind of south, took a helicopter so ride terrifying. right to the pediatric ICU. And my life just like stopped. It was like, I became an actual mom and I woke up oh. to being a mom and woke up to being a human, like in those, you know, 10 days of time and realized that I'd like missed the point. I'd like missed all the things, all these things that I'd kind of leaned on as a, I'm a valuable human because I do X, Y, and Z shifted for me. And I started to just like really look hard at what was work, what was important, what was my creativity asking me for, what was my motherhood asking me for, like what was my selfhood asking me for, you know what I mean? That's Um, like one of those moments in the movie where like you you can't hear anything and like everything goes like tunnel, you just see what's right in front of you and everything comes to a screeching halt and you go, (sighs) oh, like what matters? And it, I mean, I can't even imagine one minute of that experience. Yeah. I had that very, that very explicit moment of watching them load him onto a helicopter that I couldn't go onto. Oh, thinking like oh what God. happens if, you know, what happens if he gets to the hospital and he, and he doesn't make it, you know, you don't have to have these traumatic moments to have a, a tunnel vision moment. You know, I don't think it has to be that epic. I think for me, the universe was like, hi, here's a four by four. 
to the head. Just would like to wake you up a little bit. And I started to shift. I had been a photographer kind of in and around, you know, from high school to college. And everybody said, well, that, that's not going to make you any money. So you need to go this other route. Genius advice. Ever. Yeah. So amazing. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you spend 20 years course correcting from advice like that, but you pick up all kinds of other things, right? Like I learned how to run a business. I learned how to run a P&L. I learned how to market. And then, you know, fast forward, I was a partner in a creative agency. And as my son was getting a little bit older, I was realizing like, I'm being called to do something else. And, you know, it was a, a, this like amazing combination of me, I think, being closer to ready and like a little less terrified, but then also hearing voices like yours and Marie Forleo and just like friends of mine that were like, what are you actually doing with your life right now? Because right. you have this thing that you could make into a thing, like a thing with a capital T. And so I made the leap. I convinced my very mild-mannered Midwestern teacher husband that I could do it. And I left a very nice agency job. That was uh, the end of 2018. Um, I started my photography business officially in 2015 and had it as a side hustle and hustled, did all the things, made all the mistakes, because that's how we learn the best, right? Definitely. And then went full time with my business the beginning of 2019. That was kind of like, a, oh my God, I'm making this insane leap. I'm a crazy person, but it just feels right in my bones. And something happens when you decide, right? Like you talk about this all the time. Oh, yeah. It was such a, a salve for me as I was making that jump. Like when you decide, the universe meets you. And 2019 was like this crazy, amazing hustle hard, but on purpose, reset the balance of all the things in life. And here we are. I had a six-figure year. I mean, um, can we just stop and press play on a thousand people standing <laughs> up and clapping for you right now? That is just, let's just listen to the sounds of hands clapping. It is amazing. And it is so true that when you decide so many things come to meet you there, you know, having the courage and then making that decision, it's incredible where the opportunities start to show up. When Ian LaPatton was on a couple of weeks ago, who started Spiritual Gangster, he said on the so show good. that there's a spiritual, I guess it's like a Jewish traditional mystical teaching that there's seven gates to heaven, which I don't know how I missed that one. Didn't hear that. <laughs> um, but he said, yeah, he said, it's written that like, basically you have to walk through a gate and the gate mm -hmm. closes behind you. Mm -hmm. And that's just when the next gate opens. And mm -hmm. that I can feel in my body. Like mm -hmm. I've lived that. And I think that the whole thing, the entire journey of being on the planet for all of us is is that exact test of mm -hmm. can you listen to the intuition and the wisdom and whatever information is coming through and then take a step forward and then the next one will appear. So let's talk about that. What did you offer first? And then what did you pivot to? And how did you begin to understand your own business and how it actually could work? When I actually started my business, so five years ago, the IRS and I became friends. That's my sort of official marker of my business. I've been, you know, photographing stuff people my whole life. But the first thing that I started to do was work with organizations in my community that were doing events or people-based experiences. And I did it for free because I was excited to do it. And friends of That's mine were you running start. it. Mm -hmm. 
And looking back on those images, they're probably terrible, but I loved them in the moment because it gave me the flexibility to offer something of value in mm-hmm. exchange for the fact that I was learning and being honest about the fact I'm new at this and you know, not pretending that I'm a, an expert. Um, and then from there, I had families that were a part of that circle of the community that reached out that asked me to start shooting for them. And I also reached out to all the people that I knew kind of in my circle locally and in my hometown. It was just sort of like, I'm doing this thing and here's what I'm going to charge for it. And in retrospect, of course, you look back and you're like, oh, that was super expensive or super inexpensive, or I could have done it differently, but that was the way I did it, you know? And then, you know, I, I shot my first wedding and I mean, I've been to weddings. I am married. So there was that. (laughs) 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 And, you know, because I didn't really have, um, when it came to weddings, at least, and even families, because I was sort of new to all of the different online communities that are at least available for photographers. I was in the education stream of online classes at the same time that I was just doing it. So I sometimes had a sense that I was like maybe doing it differently or air quotes, doing it wrong. But I was very much just in the mindset of like, I just want to keep shooting. I just want to keep shooting. So there weren't that many external voices saying, ah, you're not doing it right. The the voices that I really struggled with were the ones internally. They were like, ah, you could be better. You could be better. Or, you know, the imposter syndrome was a big piece for me. And, you know, what was the turning point that got me to the the next threshold? For me, it was um, my own confidence. You know, it was being in a place and surrounding myself with people who um, kept saying, your voice included, it's okay to discover who you are one step at a time when it comes to your creativity. And that's going to change. And it wasn't until the place where it was like, oh, I'm an artist, which is like, I'm whispering that because at the time it was a whisper, right? Like you kind of hear this voice that's like, no, but really you are. Yeah. And until you make the decision that you agree with the voice, <laughs> like, it doesn't really matter how much you're charging yep. or what you're offering is, <laughs> you know. Um, and over the course of the last, I would say, two and a half, three years, settling into how I shoot and why it matters to me as a human and letting that be the thing that drives a lot of my marketing and branding choices because it's so personal to me. And then celebrating my you know, fellow creatives that do it differently than I do do the same genre of thing, weddings and families and brands, but do it differently and lifting each other up in that way has been a big part of that marketing step too, because then there's a lot of flexibility to say, I have this great neighbor and this great colleague that do it this way. And you'd be a great fit for them as opposed to a fear of like, no, no, I need to cost less so that everyone will hire me. Yep. I love this entire story. I also want to point out to our listeners, two things. One they should go to your Instagram because it's gorgeous. And if you want to feel uplifted, especially right now with what is going on for all of us, you should go look at Kristen Miller photography because every one of those images will make you feel something and it will make you feel something that warms your heart. I also want you to take a look because when you're there and you notice that she has about 1,700 followers and you just heard her say she had a six-figure year. I want you to understand, those of us who are listening, and I want to talk to you about this, Kristen, I think that we make things harder than they need to be. I think that we assume and we underestimate what we're capable of. We overestimate what needs to happen in order for us to actually have a life. And I think that people need to hear it is literally serving one person at a time. For most people, they would be like, If I got to 1,600 followers, how on earth would I have an actual business? Oh my God, 
you should see behind the scenes of my world and the people who I know. It depends what your offer is. And again, it's about serving 17 people. So I want to talk about that. The other thing I want to make sure that we talk about is what you just said about not needing to be it for everyone and being willing to say, I'm really a specialist at this and I know someone else who could really help you with that. That is so key. So let's talk about those two aspects. When you're thinking about what you do specialize in and what you don't feel that you do, what does that look like to you? Say more about that. What do you feel you do really well that you would say, this is what people come to me for and this is what they don't come to me for? Mm-hmm. Well, it's so interesting because the, the instinct response there is to say, I do a certain type of thing right? Like in the photography industry, as an example, or even in the coaching industry, I would say this is true. It's like, I only do weddings, or I only do families, or and there are plenty of photographers out there that do that, and that works for them. The thing that I have realized is that for me, it's getting really in touch with the idea that I am entranced by real life. And that sounds so cliche, but real connections, real moments, unstaged, unscripted the humanity is a gift that we get to live every day and to me that as a core nugget of what matters to me is something that matters to me in every part of the work I do whether it's shooting a family or shooting a wedding day or working with a brand so you know as I've started to think about what does it mean to be a specialist I'm using air quotes it took a little bit of a pivot for me because I realized the things that I love the most about real life are things that you that I can actually as a photographer help my clients settle into and I can reflect back to them regardless of what the type of day is that I'm photographing. So what I do is I make space for my clients to be themselves and then I reflect the best of them enough as they are in the moment back to them. And when someone comes to me and says, um, I'm really looking for a wedding photographer that can help us script the day so that we get perfect sunset photos and we get perfect this photos. That's beautiful. And if that's how they want to celebrate their day, I want to honor that best as I can. The best way that I can honor that is to send them to a colleague who I know can help them script the day in that way, because I'm not the right fit. Cause what I want to say is I want to see who you are. I want to witness how you love, show me that. And then I can, I can help you step into that space. I'm literally like almost in tears. I feel so emotional because it's so apparent to me that that's the work that you do. And I love that you began this piece of the conversation by saying, well, typically when somebody is going to decide who they're for and who they're not for and what they do and what they don't do, it's going to be kind of binary. Like I do weddings, I do sweet 16s. And you said, and I realized that wasn't it. <laughs> There's a different <laughs> answer. And now let's, let's talk about how that's received by people. And have you ever had to lose a job because somebody said, oh, that's not what I want. And what did that feel like? And has it helped you gain more jobs because you did lean in and take a stand for what you do well? I mean, yes. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I think approaching it the way that you're talking about, it actually requires you to be far more anchored in who you are being as opposed to just how you are selling it. 
So when you're anchored in who you are being and really constantly evolving who that is and getting in touch with who that is, then everything you do done from that place becomes a marketing tool, but it doesn't feel salesy and gross in marketing because it's just who you are in the world, right? So um, there have absolutely been times when I have lost jobs for sure right? In the wedding industry, especially, it's very easy to get caught up in how many weddings are you shooting a year. And there are colleagues of mine that shoot 25, 30, 35 weddings a year. And that's not the number I'm going for because the clients that I'm going for are the ones like you that really understand that I'm actually after a sense of truth and not everybody wants that. And that's okay. Yeah, that's totally okay. And I think the big thing that I have to keep coming back to, and this is constant for me, is that the fulfillment, both from a, a money currency and an energetic currency that I get out of the work that I do is so much greater. Like you said, 10x when I am able to do it from a place that is genuinely aligned with who I am, because it means I will be able to step into a space alongside my clients that serves them to the fullest. Yeah. And I can't serve those clients to the fullest that are not the most aligned with that and getting to a place where I can, you know, it, it hurts when you lose a job that you really wanted to get. It totally does. Especially if you're looking at your cash flow. you're like, Oh, it really, yeah. it could have used that for the mortgage next month, you know, and I pay the mortgage for our family. So it's, that's a real thing. It's not like there's an extra income yeah. out there kind of padding stuff. But when you're misaligned with that piece, then anything that comes after that energetically just doesn't flow the right way. Yeah, you know, and you 100%. have to trust that a little. You hear the door close behind you and you're yep. like, okay, here we go. Yep. I don't know if you remember this part, but um, Seth Godin has become such like a personal like mentor and teacher to me and friend. I love and that episode. He's oh, such a so gem. Good. And I remember when he said um, the second time he was on, which was recently, he shared about his wife's bakery and how she opened this bakery and she saw a need for things that were gluten-free. And so she started to pursue really sharing, you know, for the people who needed gluten-free and only for them. And there was a day when this woman walked in and said, we need a cake. Um, and it's for a big event. It was like a thousand dollar order. And she said, but we can't have it gluten-free, but I, I love what you do. Can't you just make it with gluten? And the day that she said, no, I cannot, but I can introduce you to someone who can. He says that was the day she was really on track to build the success that she has because she leaned all the way in. Mm -hmm. And then he said, people started to drive to her. Oh, she will have gluten-free. And then she realized, why can't I also make it uh, vegan? And why can't I also make it kosher? So then people who need things that are not always available, Mm -hmm. they can get it here. Now she's really tightening it. Right now it's gluten-free, it's vegan, and it's kosher. Not everybody wants that. But boy, all of a sudden the line was around the block mm-hmm. because everyone who she was able to serve only knew that she was there for them and, and there were very few other options. So it's fascinating how we want so much to serve everybody and do everything that everyone wants us to do, and then we really can't serve anyone well. And we think that that is what 
we need air quotes oh, yeah. <laughs> in order to be whatever successful is right. It's like success is this like nebulous thing. I'm just going to do all the things for all the people and then I'll mm-hmm. be successful, whatever success, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. You can't it's serve that one niche of people really, really well by the gift that you bring into the world that no yeah. one else will bring in the same way. It really is about genuinely showing up and therefore other people say, you did such a great job. I have to go share that with a friend you do need people to come to you and to know what you do and who you do it for and what you do. So how have you built that? I know that at one point you then went on to start helping creatives and you started a podcast. And what are some of the things that you've been doing to connect and to engage and to deepen so that you don't, you don't have to sell so that sales becomes sort of an organic thing from the work you're doing to genuinely well, it's funny because, you know, starting the year in 2019, kind of making the leap without someone else paying a salary. I mean, I had a plan, but it was loose <laughs> and much to my husband's chagrin. But I knew that I had like two things that were going to work for me no matter what. And one was that I was, I was willing to work hard and not hard, like workaholic hard, because I've worked workaholic hard. Yeah. And it's not sustainable, right? Yeah. But that also I was willing to try a bunch of stuff and have it not work. So I started doing a whole bunch of little things. I started a newsletter for the clients I'd worked with in the past. I um, made it really clear to all the people that I'd done work with previously that I had quite a bit more time on my schedule, that I was a a lot freer during the week now because I could shoot, you know, Monday through Friday. I was so intentional, I think, with the kinds of conversations that I was having with my creative kind of mentors and colleagues and peers and stuff in my local area that... I was sort of just generally telling the universe, like, I'm available (laughs) and not available, like I'll take any job, but like, no, my brain and my heart are available. And like the podcast that I started with a wonderful human who actually turned me on to your show, you know, she came to me and said, I have this crazy idea. Do you think you might have time? And that was in, you know, November of 2018. I was like, well, as it happens, I'm going to have a ton of time. Let's do this. (laughs) And then, you know, who could I leverage in the different circles and communities of people that I knew to be a part of the podcast as an experience, but all of it was so anchored in what do I really want to do and what, what can I offer? And I did a lot of pro bono stuff too. And I tried to do it in a way that didn't feel like weird and giveaway-ish because that doesn't feel right for me. But like Forgiving Tuesday in November of 2018, before I made that official leap, I asked people in my Instagram audience to nominate someone who had really made it through 2018 with a lot of grace and grit in a difficult circumstance. I love that. Nominate somebody who's made it through this year with grace. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful prompt. And I shot three sessions out of that. And those same people have come back to me two and three times with a paid session, right? So it's like, okay, I can offer this as a service because this is something that I can give to someone who deserves it. And deserve is an interesting word, but someone who could use it as a part of their own uplifting and their own growth. And for a lot of the big paid stuff that I did for like mini sessions in the spring and mini sessions in the fall, booking discounts here and there, kind of a newsletter VIP sort of offering, um, making sure that there is some philanthropic aspect to it because that aligns with my heart. So, you know, giving to a local women's community that is doing great work for moms in that community as a part of my own Mother's Day mini sessions. Um, So constantly just finding ways to kind of tie, okay, what do I have to offer? 
and what can I provide other people of value um, wrapped in a really amazing service experience. So it doesn't have to be a hundred thousand people I'm serving. It just needs to be a hundred people I serve really, really, really well. Yep. Um, and then asking and encouraging them to share their experience, both with me for feedback, but then also, you know, can I have a testimonial to put on my site? Are you willing to share your images on Instagram? I love how there's such an intentionality around like the world you can create around this business where it was like this newsletter and a podcast and nominate someone who, you know, went through this year with grace and then shooting a few of those people and, and really it becoming, it's a movement. It's a world. You're making a statement. There's a message. I mean, that in and of itself, that's marketing. That's what we're all really here to do. We're here to really ask ourselves, what is it that we want to share with the world and how can we get busy instead of waiting for the phone to ring? How can we get busy creating so much around what it is that we stand for, what it is that we believe in, how we want to uplift and serve in all these different ways. And it all starts to come full circle and people say, wow, if I look at the through line in her work as a photographer, in her podcast, in her newsletter, in the way that she connects on social media, there's a big thread. It's all the same heart-centered, let's show up in this kind of space, which is unique. I feel like when you look at it in retrospect, it seems super clear, but I didn't necessarily have that map yeah. that I now have even a year, a full year later. It's really just the like, okay, today, yeah. If I know how I want to feel in my work and I know how yeah. I want to feel when I serve, then today, what does that mean I can make, do, share, right. create That's from it. this internal place? And then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, whoa, look at the whole universe. <laughs> yep. That's it. And I want to sort of remove the the veil of the perfect curated sort of out of reach aspiration. I think when people look at other people who have a podcast or have a business, they think, oh my God, I can't even touch it. We're talking about thousands of steps ahead. So I want to remove that veil. And with your podcast, let's say, how many people are listening to it every single week? So we don't even have a weekly release. Oh, right, there um, you go. Okay. We did a uh, season one for us. We did, I think it was 13 total episodes. Okay. And I want to say eight of those were interviews with other folks in the industry. And the other balance of them were, we called them in-betweens, conversations between my co-host and I about topics that were really on our heart, on the industry's mind. And we released those from May to maybe the end of June last year, maybe beginning of July. Mm -hmm. And then we took a hiatus because it's a passion project. Um, and we just started doing interviews for season two beginning of this year. And we're going to release a sprint. So for us, season two will probably be around 14, 15 episodes. And then we're going to take another break. I think our last set of stats from season one was that we had a total of like 400 some listeners, which you know what? I'm really proud of the conversations that we had. And I know that of those 400 listeners, a good healthy handful of them reached out to us to say this episode impacted me. People who, to our surprise, weren't just women. Our, our podcast is the intersection of creativity and motherhood, mostly focused on photographers, but people who weren't moms, 
weren't women, weren't photographers. I would call them creative because I think everybody's creative, but impacted in a way that we had no idea would happen. And it impacted us because those conversations are ones we both needed to have to get through a season of motherhood and a season of entrepreneurship yep. that felt hard. Yep. That is so powerful. Like imagine if 400 cars pulled up to your house for an event. Right. <laughs> Just picture your block on 400 cars and it's going around the little neighborhood because it's filled. And then definitely you'd have like several people asking you the next day, like what was happening at your house? Like, why did you have 400 human beings that you couldn't even fit? Imagine trying to fit them in your backyard. It's a lot. And with your newsletter, because I just want to sort of let people see this for a second. Your newsletter, how many people receive your newsletter? Just under 300. Okay. So guys, listen to this. Just under 300 people are receiving a newsletter. You have 400 people total maybe listening to a show. Okay. And you have a coaching program. It's a membership, correct? Yep. Yep. Essentially a year-long photo a day project. And a Uh, portion of it is a, a paid mentorship and a portion of it is a free study along, we're calling it. That is also amazing. And how many people are in the paid program? Would you say there's like 120? Nope. <laughs> so I actually capped the program at 15, Kathy, because um, there's some one-on-one pieces to it. And I wanted to make sure that I could serve those 15 people really, really well. And I had a waiting list and I was like, nope, I, I need to cap it. And there are 67 people in the study along group. Do you understand how incredible this is? First of all, do you know how much value you add to your program when you keep it small? I mean, it's exponential for people listening to be able to have any access to you in a group of that kind of size is monumental. It's, It's amazing. So that's huge. And this is what I want people to hear. We are obsessed with followers and likes. Mm-hmm. We want to have a you know hundred thousand people liking our posts and two million followers. And unless we have it, there's no way. So we just give up and we just keep walking because we think that there's no way that's ever going to happen. It's out of reach. But we are talking about a real year that already happened. The checks have been cleared. The money's in the bank. It already was done. It's done and done. And it exists and it's real. We're talking about handfuls of humans Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you were able to serve in a tiny, tiny little corner of the world that you were able to add a big, beautiful sparkle. And from that, you are able to support your family. Mm -hmm. And it's exquisite. And you're not selling out. And you're doing something that you love. And you're being very conscientious about how you serve and the way you serve and what you put in the world. And yes, it's work, just like anything else. But it's such... What work would you rather do than this? I mean, it's, there's none. There's none. I've done a lot of the work. <laughs> I've done a lot of the other kinds of work, even on the hardest days. And it's messy. All of these things that we're talking about are messy and they're not perfect. And sometimes you put something out in the world and you're like, mm, in retrospect, maybe I would have done that differently. Or gosh, well, that flopped. Definitely had a few, you know, quote unquote flops last year. But there isn't anything else that I would want to be building towards at all because it just feels it just feels the right way in my bones yeah. it's it's just so great with what's going on now with the virus there's a whole new frontier of how we're going to show up in the world how are you thinking of pivoting your business and what are the things that you might lean into to start offering 
So um, the first thing that I would say is that my first offering is back to all of my existing clients. And it is more of a, this is not forever. I am still going to be here when this is over. What do you need right now? And there could be a sale on the other side of that because I am still planning on doing events and things. Um, I'm actually about to have my second kiddo. So I have like a small window of my Oh my gosh, you look so great. Time. I would, <laughs> from where I'm sitting, that, that's a big surprise. I'm like, what? Yeah, okay. we're, we're, just, we're all rolling into 37 weeks over here. Wow. But I think for me, because so much of my client experience is so one-on-one and that piece is so important that my first go-to is, in the newsletter that I'm actually sending out on Friday, it's very much a, I'm here. What do you need? What does your family need? Um, both for my coaching clients and for my photography clients. And I think that's a big one because I think when, when our audience senses that we are in fear and we are in scarcity, they yeah. start to think, well, she's not going to be there on the other side of mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's certainly prevalent for a lot of people right now. Right. Yeah. And then I think the other piece of it for me is, you know, within the bounds of what is, you know, thoughtful and I'll use the phrase safe right now, what is healing right now, continuing to line up the things that I'm going to do for the rest of the year and sharing that with the people who are in my audience. Um, From a coaching perspective, there's a lot of people, as you know, that need to have that um, sounding board for how to find their own path forward and how to find the next big step they need to take, even in the midst of what feels uncertain. So on Mm -hmm. the coaching side, it really is, let me be an anchor for you while you're helping yourself figure that out. Yeah, I think that that's going to be needed more than any other time. And I also am thinking about what you already have in place with the photos every day and the the membership of, of that community. And I'm thinking, gosh, you know, people are so much more present. They're being forced to be present. And it seems like such a natural fit that people at home could be taking photos and sharing photos of real moments and documenting. And not only that, but like, think about all the photos that all of us have, right. That are just sitting around that we haven't had the time to go through and all the projects that could be where we could share the different things, you know, every day on my cloud, I get a a message of like, this is the photo from last year on this day, two years ago on this day. And that's like, there's so much, there's so much there as well as, you know, what we can learn to do in our own backyards and with our kids and and not to mention the coaching piece. But my point is that no matter what the industry is, there's a, there's a way for us right now to get creative and to serve people where they are. That's a hundred percent true. And I hope that you will continue to show up in the way that you can, you are having a baby. So that is a whole nother piece where you really might, what you really might need is to take some time to pause. Um, But when, and if you are wanting to do this service and this work, I mean, selling is service. Mm -hmm. So if we stop selling, we're not serving. Right. That's not a good Well, I'm continuing to ask that question. You ask this all the time in a lot of different ways on your show and in your book, you know, what do I have? What is the gift that I have that I can bring into the world? And now is the time. Like if you've been waiting around for a sign Uh, that like now's the time, this is the time to figure out. Right. If you needed a sign. Here it is. Here Here it is. is. It's in neon, covered in sparkles. Exactly. We need you right now. And I mean, the the same goes for all of those of us who are in business for ourselves already, is that, you know, that there never is going to be a better time than right now to get really still and really thoughtful and then take real serious action. 
A hundred percent. And while that is the case, I think that what winds up becoming the barrier to entry there for people is this immediate thought of, but not me. There's nothing that I do that would make sense. I have to go work for someone else. And if that job is shut down, then I'm, I'm, I'm out of luck because I don't have a sense that I'm good at anything. So there's a lot of the imposter syndrome, which you talked about early on. And so since you literally walked through that, what would be some of your advice when you feel that awful self-doubt of like, who am I to start a business? I mean, I think the biggest asset that we all have, aside from our our empathy and our ability to be present, is our ability to manage what we're thinking about when it comes to the circumstances that are in front of us. And I think that this is a really wonderful time, especially um, to be really looking hard at if I'm feeling a sense of self-doubt or I'm feeling a lack of clarity on what brings me alive, what am I thinking about? that's causing me to feel that way. And what else could I choose to think in that moment? So it doesn't mean you have to have an answer to the question, what can I bring into the world? But it does mean that maybe you choose to think about being open to curiosity about what you love to do, or being open to curiosity about what you do with ease, Mm -hmm. what your friends call you for, what your neighbor asks you to do all the time. I think even that like, quarter turn to the right of, oh, that's really interesting. That makes me feel this. And when I feel that I'm able to do this as a tiny step is like a microcosmic place to start. And, and then I think too, you know, find, um, I think something that was very helpful for me was honestly having a really good coach and a really good friend, two different people who were really willing to kind of kick my butt and say, this is not a time for you to be small. You can do this. You know, mm. So that when I was doubting, I could lean a little bit and be like, ah, can I? And someone had my back saying, no, no, keep going. You don't have to know the next 10 steps. Yeah. Just know the first step. Yep. You don't need to be the Messiah. You need to be available to help. You know, you have to have something to add to the conversation and that's all. And when you think of it that way, it's kind of like, you don't have the right to not help. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like you're needed or else you wouldn't be here. I love that perspective. Cause it's like, okay, then I'm going to roll up my sleeves and do something. Now here's the thing. The cost of entry there is you're going to fail. And you said there was a few flops and I've had so many of those that's called testing. That's called everything. You ever go in the kitchen and you make a batch of something and it's not perfect or you get in the lab and you don't find the the cure for the coronavirus on day one. So you go, oh, forget it. It's like, no, I got to stay there and like keep getting data until I get closer. So how do we deal with that? You know what? Part of it is just knowing there's going to be times when I feel like crap about this. And what am I going to do in that moment? Right? In my, in our 365, the photo a day project, we talk about that in December. What's going to happen when you miss a day? How are you going to feel about it? Mm. What are you going to tell yourself in that Preparing for it ahead of time. It's coming. Preparing for it ahead of time. It's coming. It's going to happen. So let's talk about how you pick up the camera the next day or the day after that, as opposed to throwing up your hands and saying, well, I don't have the vaccine to the virus after try one, right? Um, One thing that I encourage my clients to do a lot is start a spreadsheet, label it one through 25, right? Flop one. Flop two, what I learned for each one, check the box. You get to 25, like you buy yourself a massage or an ice cream or you take the day off. Just know- I'm obsessed with that. I've never heard that. (laughs) That is awesome. Like literally, like then you buy yourself, you gift yourself for having 25 failures. Like that means that you've then tried a lot of things. Oh God, it's so good. And you now know 25 ways that 
didn't work the way that you expected them to, which is cool because it means you can now readjust your expectations for time 26 Mm. through 50, right? And things that we assume may not align with what actual factual reality is. And now we've just had, I know, amazing, right? (laughs) We've just had 25 chances to realign how we understand contrast and and conflict in our work. And that's like, oh, I didn't know that. Look at that. And then you laugh it off and you move on to the next one. So so those are, those are two different ways that I deal with it. And yeah, you have a good cry in the bathroom every now and then. That's fine. Or in the car or on the front lawn. Kristen, your energy is so healing and so grounded (laughs) and so lovely. People should just be running to be one of those lucky 15 people. (laughs) It's so good. And it reminds me, you know, whenever we've had things happen like this in history, it is so fast how the masses, the majority of people will just be like, I'm out. And what we've seen in history, you know, we can look back sometimes and in hindsight, you can see things clearly that you couldn't see going forward. And in every time in history, when there's been mass, you know, hysteria, famine, while that's happening, there's a tiny, tiny part of the world that does the opposite. And they thrive more than they ever have because they have the resilience, they get creative and they say, okay, this is not working. What is going to work? Everything has two sides, right? So where's the opportunity? And that's the only question to ask right now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what are we doing? But even having the, the moment to give yourself a little bit of stillness to ask, like, how can I use this moment? differently than I used a moment this time a month ago Mm. because time is a different kind of currency for us right now. Yeah, it is. Um, I loved having this conversation with you. I think you are just a spectacular human being and I'm so happy we got to shine the light on you. Tell us where we can find you. Tell us all the things. Oh, you are such a gift, Kathy. Thank you for taking this time. So you can find me at kristenmiller.com. I'm one of the odd people that spells Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-Y-N. You can also find me on Instagram, Kristen Miller Photography. And uh, you can find the podcast that I co-host at throughthelensofmotherhood.com and on all of the places that you get your podcasts. Amazing. And we will definitely link to all of that in the show notes so people can check it all out. And I'm just wishing you so much blessing on the easiest, healthiest, sweetest, most meaningful birth and uh, the continued birth of your business. And please keep us posted. And, um, and I, I hope that everyone listening will go take a look at the work that you've been creating because it's absolutely beautiful and it's such a gift. So thank you for having the courage and doing it. And thank you for sharing your story because you no doubt inspired so many people today. All started with you. So thank you. Thank oh. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you much. so much. Really. How fun was it to talk with Kristen? Here are the takeaways. Number one, make all the mistakes. That's how we learn the best. Number two, when you decide, the universe meets you. Number three, serve your niche with the gift you bring into the world that no one else will bring in the same way. You don't need to serve a thousand people, just serve a hundred people really, really well. 
Number four, explore the gift you have that you can bring into the world. Number five, there will never be another time like right now to get still, get thoughtful and take action. Number six, the biggest asset we have is our ability to manage what we're thinking about when we face the challenge. What will you choose to think in this moment? And number seven, create a spreadsheet and number it one to 25. Keep track of your flops and the lessons you learned when you hit 25 that's when it's time to actually celebrate. All right, now let's celebrate your wins. Angie posted in our Facebook group and she said, I would like to say how grateful I am for this group. Since joining the group a few months ago, I have felt super supported through all the posting and comments. Last week I had a win. I was really, really excited to celebrate and share. However, with all the news, it didn't feel right to celebrate. As I worked through my stresses, anxieties, and uncertainties, I noticed how much I wanted to withdraw from life and crawl into a turtle shell. As much as I wanted to, I didn't. I looked at how I was feeling and what I needed to get through this, I tapped into all the tools and techniques I acquired over the last 10 years to get out of postpartum depression, and I applied them as I needed. These tools helped me make last week an easier transition into what our new reality looks like today. Last week, all the different bits of my new business came together. Blog and website, done. Freebie, done. Facebook group created. Updated social media profiles, done. Three-month elevation program created and book started. It took me a long time to get over some self-limiting beliefs and to believe that I had something worth offering. This group has been a great support to the final push to the end and a new beginning. Thank you again for everyone here. This group has been so valuable to me. Angie, oh my God, is that amazing. First of all, it's completely normal to feel down and stressed and overwhelmed right now. And and all you want to do is hide under the covers and all of that is so valid. And I'm so proud that you used the tools that you gathered, you pulled yourself up and you got into so much action. Really that list of items you managed to check off is remarkable, so impressive. And I hope you know that you are truly worthy of creating your business and making your offer to the people who need you. I'm so excited for you to enter this new chapter. Please, please, please keep us posted on how this continues to grow. Okay, here's another win. Adrian said, I published my website for downloading printable versions of my guides to draw dinosaurs in a simple way. 50 people signed in and I feel really good doing it. People share beautiful thoughts about how happy these dinosaurs are making them feel. If there's anyone interested in taking a look, they're at adrianmonroy.com slash dino Friday. Adrian, it's so cool. And I'm so happy. And your dinosaur drawings are so cute. You know, it just goes to show that every single one of you has the gift inside that is needed by somebody else. It's the ability to bring joy to someone. And that's something everyone is seeking, especially now. You guys go give Adrian some love. You can check out his drawing guides at adrianmonroy.com slash dino Friday. If you have a win you want us to celebrate, post it in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group or DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know that you're juggling a lot right now. I appreciate that you're giving this the time to show up and listen to this. If you want to continue to hear more amazing episodes, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and go ahead and leave us a review because it helps other people find the show. It would mean a lot to me if you would talk about this show in your Instagram, if you would share this episode or any episode and tell people to subscribe. And if you do, go ahead and post about it and you can tag me and you can tag Kristen at 
Kristen Miller Photography, and it's K-R-I-S-T-Y-N Miller Photography. And she and I both would love to hear from you and we would love to repost whatever it is that you share. And I will pick one of you and send you something super special as a thank you gift over the next 24 hours. Remember, you can join me live Mondays and Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time in the Facebook group and on Instagram. It's free. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash book club. We are now starting Monday be at chapter five and we are reading along in my book. If you haven't purchased one yet, you can go ahead and get it on Audible or wherever you want to get your book. I'll leave you with a song of mine. I'm sending you so much love. You are doing something so hard and you are making it one day at a time. May you continue to be healthy and safe. I'll talk to you Monday. 